You're listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. Let's turn to our first guest and topic of today. In the next 15 minutes or so, we're talking about Wing Chun, which is a concert-based traditional southern Chinese kung fu style, as well as a form of self-defense. And I'm really delighted to be joined by Christopher Tanis, who is uh, the remote kids class manager at Mindful Wing Chun. Welcome on the program, Sifu Chris. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Hey, Noreen, lovely to meet you. It's great to have you on the show. Uh, This afternoon, we are live on Facebook as well. So for some of our listeners who want to join us there, uh, feel free to do so. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. So first of all, let's go to the basics. What is Wing Chun and how would you explain it to some of our listeners who've not come across it? Well, first I want to thank you for my uh, my welcome song because I love Billy Joel and oh. All About Soul is like it's like me walking into my my fight or something like that. So that was really really cool. What a coincidence! <laughs> yeah, lo- a lovely, uh, it's very serendipitous moment. Absolutely. Um, so, what is what is Wing Chun? Uh, Wing Chun is a style of kung fu. It's a self defense system, and as you rightly uh, mentioned, it comes from southern China. It's one of the youngest forms of Kung Fu from Southern China, actually. And now you've got to bear with me here because I always mispronounce this name. But uh, the founder was a Buddhist nun. Her name was uh, Moi, And she developed the system and the style um, because being a woman and being just physically smaller, she developed the system to be able to fight with bigger and stronger opponents. So... That's the sort of bit of the history of it. It became famous, obviously, in Hong Kong with, uh, with Yip Man and then his most famous of students, Bruce Lee, um, in the 40s and 50s when he moved over here. Um, that's a little bit of the history of, of Wing Chun. But Wing Chun is taught in, like, so many different ways. Like, it has so many different uh, sort of branches to it. Like, the number of people that practice it, that's how many different ways you can sort of teach it. Our specific style, though, uh, to tell you a little bit about something a bit more close to home, is our our Sigung, our grandmaster's name was Choi Shantin, and the foundation of his style, it was was all internal. So what that means essentially is, um, from a physical perspective, we use relaxation and posture as the foundation of the movement. From a psychological perspective, we use mindfulness as the approach. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later, actually, like how they're sort of connected. And the last one is from like an emotional sort of point of view is that it helps you like when you look at an internal practice, it helps you deal with sort of your fear and um, fear and anxiety and stress and stuff like that through staying relaxed and different things like that. This sounds really sort of mind, body and soul. You know, when, when you think of Wing Chun, you think about the physical movements, but it sounds like yeah. what you're saying, it's a lot of it is the emotional and also your, yeah. your, your mental uh, state of mind as well, uh, which, is, which is, of course, you know, with mindful Wing Chun, um, you also teach about mindfulness. How does Wing Chun sort of cultivate that sort of mindfulness? Well, um, there was something I missed that I wanted to say a second ago, if I could lead into that. A lot of people don't know, actually, that the word Kung Fu means, loosely translated, means hard work. So Kung Fu originally was not designed as a fighting style. It was designed as a self-development system. So if you look at it from that perspective, then mindfulness actually goes hand in hand with martial arts because 
what its aim to do, what it, what its aim is, is to help to give you an understanding of how to cultivate every aspect of your experience as a human being. So I have a body that walks around the world. It's, it's in my best interest that that body is in the most optimal shape that it could be, that it's relaxed, that it has good balance through its posture, that my organs are healthy, that I can breathe well, um, that my muscles don't sort of tense up around my body so I can't think properly, let's say, around the head or I can't move properly around the joints. Um, from, a, from a mental perspective, actually, and I'll say the mental one last, from an emotional perspective, the more, the more you can feel your body, the more how, sim how, how can I put this simply? The more you can feel your body, the more present you are. There's more so awareness a, sort of, of how you even move it. Absolutely. So a lot of when you some people might sort of associate mindfulness with this sort of spiritual, magical kind of idea. Actually, it's really simple. Mindfulness means awareness. So mindfulness in the body is being aware of your body and being able to feel the state and the condition that it's in. So a, a, a spectrum of that would be tension to relaxation or good posture versus like, like maybe if I'm sort of slouched like what this. I'm you doing know right how now. The, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, a, a lot of people do actually, but this, this, this is why you sit like that is because you're, you're thinking and listening to me right now. Right. So it's more that relaxed. Center. Yes. Yeah, the mind sort of like, oh, what? That's cool. So it sort of comes into this posture. But so you bring it back to the body and the posture can sort of be aligned and relaxed. You become aware or mindful of your feelings. So they don't sort of just take you over at any, any second, right? Like, because I think most of us would be thrown in jail if we just followed our instincts and feelings 24 hours a day. How many people, you know? trigger us the wrong way or push our buttons or something like that. And if you just sort of blew up whenever you wanted, people would think you were crazy. So there's a level of there's a level of mindfulness and regulation of that as well, you know, that people just do naturally yeah. by not just blurting out whatever they sort of feel. But then the the specific mindful part, you could say, if we if we think about our, our cognition, our thinking. So maybe I'll do like a little thing with you now and then like the listeners if they want to try it as well so you're listening to me speak right now and as a result um you probably a lot of your awareness is around this area and like you said you sort of lean forward as a way right so if you feel your body a little bit you just naturally your posture changes just naturally because you you're straighten up you become aware of like what i'm saying to you but not only what i'm saying to you but how it's sort of landing in you and what responses are you having to me mentally and emotionally? If you look at Kung Fu from that perspective, it's teaching us how to deal with that from moment to moment in the most efficient way possible. And for that, for that reason, it's actually become something, if I go back to the hard work thing that I spoke about a moment ago, it makes perfect sense that it was cultivated as a practice of self-development. It just so happens that you can kick some real butt when you can when you do it. <laughs> that's just that's just a, a a positive sort of you know application of it. But but the health benefits, the mental benefits, the emotional benefits, they 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 they're incredibly phenomenal when you start practicing. But but not only kung fu, I should say. I'll, I'll give a shout out to to ballet dancers or people yoga, that do parkour, for example, or people that do any sort of movement. 
yoga. So I'm, I do yoga an hour every single morning because it supplements my, my Kung Fu practice. It goes hand in hand together. Yeah, I should imagine. Sorry, I, sp- I, yeah, no, no, I not went on for a bit then. No, not at all. This is perfect. And I love to hear that passion in your voice because that's what we want on, on the one, two, three show. Guests who are passionate oh, awesome. about, um, about, about the topic. Um, in, in terms of cultivating mindfulness, you, you touched on a really good point just now. It's about being present and having that awareness. Yep. Why is that so important these days, especially, I mean, for children, for adults, uh, to, to be, yeah. to have that sort of awareness? I mean, if you speak to someone, their attention span can be sometimes a bit short. Can something yeah. like Wing Chun actually help with things like concentration? Not only can it, it, it does. It forces you to, actually, because if somebody's throwing a punch at you or a kick at you, the less mindful you are, the less... Um, the less success you're going to have with the technique or movement that you're going to try to do. And what, what's actually quite amazing about that is it's like it, it regulates in the present moment that your level and state constantly. So really loosely, I mean, if I'm quite angry and not focused, that means that that's going to translate into my body with tension and bad mm-hmm. posture. Mm-hmm. That bad posture and that tension is going to make um, my body's not going to be able to move as freely and I'm going to be much more susceptible to be able to getting hit or getting hurt. So I become more mindful. I'm just using, let's say, the actual martial, the physical part of it for now, or as an example. I become more mindful. My body becomes more relaxed. The more relaxed I am, the more heavy I am. The heavier I am, the more powerful I become because mass uh, force equals mass times acceleration. So a lot of the times, um, say I have to, I have to spar with a with a, a smaller opponent. It's vital that they're able to relax as much as possible. Otherwise, just from a weight perspective, I'm going to be able to overpower them. But the more that they can relax, the more the more of the the body's internal natural power they're going to be able to generate and and cultivate to be able to use. That's so, so interesting. So they should relax because the natural sort of inclination would be sort of tense up and be ready for that sort of fight and flight situation. But you're saying actually, if you are facing an opponent, it's better to be more relaxed and be more aware of your body. Wow, that's interesting. So this isn't even this isn't even a martial arts thing. This is just a natural movement thing. If we're tense, we can't move. Mm-hmm. When your muscles are tense, it's kind of like slamming the brakes on the wheels of a car. They lock up the joint, the very joints that we need to move, say my elbow or my shoulder. If my shoulder is tense, it locks up the mm-hmm. shoulder, right? So so just from a movement perspective that makes perfect sense but you hit you hit the nail on the head with what you said which is what the difficult part of this type of training is is that our natural fight or flight defense self like just my 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 what's the word I've lo- I'm losing it right now my central nervous system that's yes. it my central nervous system which is part of the oldest connected to the p- oldest part of my brain is designed to tense up under those uh, situations to be able to defend, to to, to protect me. It's actually a really good evolutionary mechanism that's there. But the problem is the flip side that we were just talking about, which is if I do tense up, I become... 
I'm afraid we may have lost the connection there with Sifu Chris uh, this afternoon. We're chatting with uh, Christopher Tannis, who is the Remote Kids Class Manager at Mindful Wing Chun. And we're talking about uh, Wing Chun, uh, which is a concept-based traditional Southern Chinese Kung Fu style and also a form of self-defense. And I think we got you back here, Chris. It just froze up a a little bit. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I apologize for our connection. It it happens from time to time. Um, So you were talking about how the body sort of central nervous system uh, sort of yep. you know causes you to, to tense up and it, the main point is to ah. really relax perfect so here so this is coming back to the original question that you asked why the important of the why the importance of the mindful element so my central nervous system just freezes under those kind of conditions which is a natural thing for it to do and a normal thing for it to do but if I can If I can be present and aware in those moments, and here's where the mindfulness comes in, I can use my mind to tell my body to relax. So this is a little experiment. It's very uh, powerful what the mind can do because often when you're in that situation, you you can't find your voice and you're scared and everything sort of tenses up. But to be able to then use your mind to control your body, wow. Absolutely. I will say... Every single person has this, has this ability and has this power already. They just, the training is how do you access that under pressure and under stress? That's essentially the main thing. Absolutely. Um, Sifu Chris, I'm very curious, what inspired uh, you to learn Wing Chun and, and now to teach it? Um, can, can you share your yep. journey with our listeners? Absolutely. Um, so I've got to be completely honest and transparent here. Martial arts was never an interest of mine. I loved Kung Fu movies growing up, but I was a, um, I'm a rugby player from Sydney. And so there's two, two paths that sort of blend together. I'm a rugby player from Sydney. That's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is that I'm a trained psychotherapist. So for the last I've been in Hong Kong now for nine years, but the five years prior to that, I was working with kids and homeless people who had problems with drug and alcohol. And I was working at a, at a homeless shelter, actually, as a, their on-site therapist. Wow. Now, at the same time, I was playing rugby. So I dislocated both my shoulders in a game. And I wanted to continue playing, but all of the doctors were telling me that, okay, so I had to either have a shoulder reconstruction or every time I had physio, I would get injured again directly after. So it wasn't fixing the problem. So over, over Skype, over video, my closest friends here in Hong Kong who were already here studying with Choi Shun Tin taught me the first form of Wing Chun, which is called Siu Lim Tao. Now, if I didn't experience this and just heard somebody say it, I would have gone that I wouldn't have believed it. But just practicing the first form in the way that I've talked to you about about training today, the mindful element to it, the relaxed element to it, it completely healed my shoulders. So what I did then was while I would work at the homeless shelter, whenever I was having a break in between clients, I was with all of the residents in the in the yard out the front. So I would start to teach them a little bit of this form as a mindful sort of practice. And I found that whilst they were doing the practice, I'm not going to say that it had any magical sort of healing and changed their lives or anything like that, but while they were performing the practice, while they were performing the Sil Nim Tao, 
I could see that they were completely focused on the task at hand and their mind and their body and their emotions, their whole spirit was focused towards this pinpoint thing. And it made me realize that there's something to this practice that I could use as a therapist. So I took essentially what the idea of the movements were and the the mindfulness side of it and stuff like that and when i moved to hong kong i thought about i tried for the first year to open up a open up a practice but it was quite difficult for a few technical reasons and i started in that mean in that time i started practicing wing chun properly and i took to it like a fish to water so rather than just doing the forms now i was actually doing yeah, I was doing the the sparring and the wow. fighting and the techniques and all of that sort of stuff. And because of the background that I had had as a as a therapist and and some other stuff as well, I'd been meditating ever since I was quite young. Um, I was able to apply that to the practice and found that actually no, th- there's something to this. And it just it just made sense that I thought actually rather than sitting one on one with a client doing therapy. This way I can reach a whole bunch of people in one go. So we have classes of 10, 15, 20 people. And I... I'm afraid the connection has dropped once again. Um, Master uh, uh, Sifu Chris is sharing his journey of how he uh, got into Wing Chun and it was because um, as a rugby player uh, he experienced a shoulder injury and uh, uh, various physio didn't work but um, eventually Wing Chun was the thing that really helped <laughs> Really helped. I was paraphrasing oh. what you were saying because we, we lost the connection oh, a, a little bit. So you found, you found uh, Wing Chun to really help uh, perhaps the people that you were working with and that they were able to sort of pinpoint all their attention and you know that the mind body and spirit really and that's so important because how often how many tasks do we perform on a daily basis that can actually do that not many I mean even if you are I don't know if you're going to the supermarket buying something your mind will be wandering to to what I need to do what what I'm cooking for dinner or even when you're you know going for a massage something that's so relaxing you'll be thinking about I don't know tasks oh I haven't done the groceries and and it's so great to find a task to be able to do that. Um, we've, we've only got 10 minutes uh, left, uh, uh, Sifu Chris. Can we talk a little bit more about um, this being used as a method of self-defense? Um, we often yep. hear it uh, being sort of uh, used uh, for, for self-defense. How effective is it and, and uh, are the techniques sort of transferable? Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, you have the basic forms that you learn and the basic forms is where you cultivate the, the techniques and then the techniques you take into into play with other people to see whether they work. As I mentioned to you before, the two main foundational uh, ideas of, of an internal style, like, like what we teach, is relaxation and posture. Posture also ties into structure. So structure is your skeletal system. So what what actually happens if you can relax your body? So let's say we could do all of these things and, and we're talking about the pinnacle of, of what we're working towards. If you can relax your body completely and you can have access to your structure, your skeleton, we can use uh, physics in our advantage because to our advantage. So joints are circular in movement and they hinge and they twist. So um, from just a force first force perspective, if somebody's pushing on you in a straight line, if your joints can turn, they sort of 
affect the force that way, if that makes sense. So yes. it, it, it redirects force, if that makes sense. So say, I'll give like a, a, a real basic sort of analogy. Imagine um, you're a ball and that ball, you, you can move that ball in which you occupy the center of it. So you're like you're a little man in the center of that ball driving the ball around. You can turn it wherever it wants, so it's very free moving. And if you think about like somebody throws a rock at that ball, if the ball can spin and turn, all it's going to do is deflect all of these for, like these uh, things being thrown at it. The things being thrown at it are, are like other like punches or kicks or something like that. That's the the equivalent in a sort of sparring way. So is it effective? Absolutely. Yeah. The other thing about that ball, and this is what makes this particular style so powerful and so amazing is that that ball potentially weighs as much as you weigh but what that means is i weigh 90 kg if i can relax all of that 90 kg it means whatever i hit or kick or move i'm hitting with a 90 kg kg object so think about somebody wow. throwing a that's kind think of about amazing to imagine because when you kick a ball, you think yes. you think it's just only a little bit of force, but you can actually yes. put your whole weight behind that, say, punch. Absolutely. Wow. So professional athletes are, are excellent at this. If you think of like a tennis player or a soccer player, they understand how to use the physics and the motion of the body to its optimal, right? Mm -hmm. So they're using leverage and fulcrums and all of this sort of stuff. It's just from our perspective, we're doing all of that as well. But it, because it's a close combat system, like it's a it, Wing Chun is, is, is known as like the elevator martial art, like something that you would need to use in a very confined space. And if you sort of were to uh, tick off a list of things that would be absolutely useful in that situation. As heavy as you could be would be one. As mobile as you could be in your movement would be number two. So you kind of just become like this devastating wrecking ball that can just move all around the place. And that and that's sort of, that's invaluable for like, I mean, especially if we think about it for kids. So if a kid really has to defend themselves against I mean, knock on wood, it's, it's, it's sad that this stuff even exists in the world. And we have so many kids that we teach and kids are naturally relaxed just in general. They don't have they've that. they've got great the posture of, as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And they, the, the weight of the world hasn't, hasn't broken their spirits yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lovely way to put it. You're absolutely right. Um, how, how young can you start learning Wing Chun? So... Our youngest student is about two and a half years old. Wow. So they're so cute, Noreen. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's so hard to teach them and focus on actually teaching the class because you see these little nuggets running around and they're doing their thing. And they're just because they're just so open and so so the challenge with teaching those little kids is like getting them to do the, you know, the technique and stuff. But we hide it in like games and different things like that. Um, and and they they love it. They just they have such a good time with it.
Of course, I can hear the passion in your voice. I mean, I'm really enjoying it. I'm not even in your class uh, now. Uh, Chris, we're out of time. I'd I'd love to. Yeah, Um, I'm afraid we're out of time this afternoon. There's still so much uh, we have to talk about. Can I invite you back another time and we can talk about sort of using Wing Chun to navigate through tough times during the pandemic? Um, I I think there's a lot we can can discuss this uh, next time as well. Remind our listeners once again, have you got a Facebook page or a website that we can find out more? about uh, Mindful Wing yep. Chun. Mindfulwingchun.com.hk, Mindful Wing Chun on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff on there. You can, you can see and you can find out all about us. Sifu, Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to be chatting with you this afternoon. Christopher Tannis, who is the Remote Kids Class Manager at Mindful Wing Chun, joins us this afternoon, and I look forward to having you back on next time. Thank you so much. Noreen, thank you so much for having me. Have an awesome day. Thank you. Bye-bye.